The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, everyone is hard pushed at this time of year to budget everything for uh, Christmas, but think about man's best friend. And I'm not talking about that Christmas stocking that you may fill full of treats for your dog. I'm talking about buying them pet insurance. It originated in Sweden almost a century ago. However, all these years later, only 15% of Irish pets are insured. So as the cost of living nibbles away at people's disposable income, what is the case for pet insurance? Well, joining me now to plead the case for pet insurance is Pete Wedderburn, also known as Pete the Vet. Pete, good morning. Good morning, Pat. So 1924 in Sweden, pet insurance. Yep, and it's very much a part of their culture there. And they have over 90% of the nation's dogs insured. It's just what everybody does there because it makes really good sense. And I guess that's the reason. Um, When did we uh, introduce it here in this country? It it arrived here in the 90s, which is what I guess that makes it 30 years ago now. So it's, it's well established, but it's never quite become part of our culture in that same way. People, I think, worry about paying out a lot and not getting much back, I suppose. And I think one of, one of the things that's important about pet insurance is to, to realise that it, you're much more likely to use it than other types of insurance. For example, only around 15% of house of home insurance policies pay out every year, about 22% of car insurance policies, but it's over 30% of pet insurance policyholders. So you're likely to put a claim in every three years on average. Now, um, and, if, and so if, if, your, if your dog becomes routinely sick or has uh, routine care, mm-hmm. like dental care or whatever, uh, that generally is not insurable, I suppose. But if, um, you know, you're, you have some catastrophic event, if your dog is hit by a car and has major surgery required, that is expensive. It is expensive. And one, one of the problems is that it becomes unaffordable for many people. You know, if, you're, if your vet tells you it's going to cost you three grand to do this, people just don't have that spare cash sitting around. So they then have to face the prospect either of doing things on a shoestring, which is not in the best interests of the pet, or worst of all, the prospect sometimes of so-called economic euthanasia, where the pet is euthanized because the people can't afford treatment. So... Pet insurance allows you to do the best for the animal regardless of the cost. And that's people often say when they go to the vet and the, the first question the vet asks them is, is your pet insured? People think it's because the vet thinks, oh, great, I can I can cream off this case. That's not the case at all. The reason people are, vets ask that question is it means they can then do the very best for the pet without having to go back to the owner You know, every couple of hours saying, do you want us to do this? Do you want us to do this? Do you want us to do this? It means the vets know they can just do absolutely what needs done. Now, the other thing that has happened, I suppose, um, you know, super vet, uh, and we've seen him in action and he's great, but people say, oh, my dog has something similar. I want a similar treatment. Yeah, that's one of the things not really mentioned very much in these teleprograms is the cost of the care. Um, And, you know, just because it's animals doesn't make it any cheaper than the human costs because the equipment, the skills, the time going into it, it's all very similar. Um, and so it is expensive. If you want the best, you pay a lot of money. And especially these days, technology has moved to stage stage where we do things like MRI scans and CT scans um, because we know that's the best way to make a diagnosis. But those those machines that you use to do that, they cost hundreds of thousands, um, if not more. So, so you know, you, you can't just use those machines and expect to have it have it done for nothing. Mm. Now, there are different policies available in the market um, 
and they're differently priced. What are the elements of pricing an insurance policy for a pet? Well, I think the first thing is it's actually quite difficult to shop around because you can't just go online and see what the cost is in different companies because you have to put your own personal details in. It does vary. Um, for example, it varies on the species of your pet. So, so dogs dogs are more expensive than cats. Um, it depends on your pet's breed. So there are some breeds that are, um, are more expensive to insure because they're more likely to get ill. Or if you have a, a designer breed, if you like a cross between two pedigree breeds, that's going to be cheaper than a pedigree breed, but more expensive than a genuine cross breed, if you like a, a mix between three or more breeds. So the breed of pet that you have influences how likely they are to get sick. Uh, and the, the, the more crossbred they are, the less likely they are to get sick. And so the cheaper the insurance. It also depends on the age of your pet. So you can get your pet insured generally until they're around seven years of age. And after that, nobody will insure them because, you know, older pets are more likely to fall ill. Mm. And so, uh, you know, but you can also... Um, but if you're in, uh, shall we say, if you've uh, insured the, the uh, dog from uh, puppyhood, um, and then they reach seven, will they automatically cut you off, throw you out, having given them good business for seven years, maybe without a claim? And, or will they keep you on because you're on, on their book? No, in good faith, they will keep you on, absolutely. Um, but what they do is they'll start to charge slightly more of an excess. So the excess is the amount you have to pay before the, the insurance kicks in. And so as pets get older, typically, instead of just paying the first 100 euros, you might have to pay the first 100 euros plus a third of the total cost, yeah. that kind of a thing. So you pay a bit more. Um, now, can you, uh, can you shop um, around for uh, different kinds of insurance? Like you might want the cheapest one, which would be, Maybe, do you know the way in car insurance you could just go for fire and theft? You don't go for a comprehensive. Are there variations in uh, pet policies that allow you that kind of option? There are. So you could choose an accident-only policy, and that just covers if your pet actually has a physical accident. Um, but, but basically, I, that would be a, a false economy in my mind because... In actual fact, some of the most expensive costs are for chronic illnesses like skin disease and arthritis, and they can last you. They can, they 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 have to be included if you want to have effective insurance. Also, some cheaper policies are just one-year policies. So, in other words, you might be pets arthritis covered just for the first year, and after that, it's not covered. And again, it's better to have a so-called lifetime policy, which covers for the whole life of the pet. So, um, you know, if an illness goes on for years, which many do, then you're covered for the whole the whole period of time. Um, and But you can choose these things, you see. You, you can, and, and just remember that cheap isn't necessarily better. Um, shop around, sure, but read the fine print very carefully. It will explain to you what's covered and what's not covered. Um, and you can also choose a ceiling, for example, of how much you want to have. So you could have 3000 a year or you could have 6000 a year um, in terms of how much they will pay you if your pet does develop a condition. So you should also look at those details. Um, you can also choose what excess you want. So the, the more expensive policies might be like a hundred euro excess. If you accept a higher excess, let's say 500 euro excess, in other words, you pay the first 500 euros of any condition, then that's going to make the monthly premium much lower. So these are different things that people can play around with. Now, you mentioned that the insurance companies uh, have uh, paid up in the case of 30% of their policies. Uh, but this text says insurance is a joke. We had a genuine claim and they refused to pay. So what do you do in a situation where you believe that this is a genuine uh, problem as certified by a vet and the insurers won't pay? 
Well, there's a great deal of individual um, variation between the different insurance companies. Um, many are very much, much, much quicker than that and are very efficient. So, uh, you know, take that up with the company. You asked the question about what if they turn down a claim that should yeah. be um, paid. Well, what you should do is, first of all, appeal, put in a formal appeal to the company. Secondly, you can appeal to the insurance ombudsman, and they will look into it individually. Okay. Um, my, exp- my experience has been that they do... All the companies I've dealt with do eventually pay if they're pushed like that. Yeah. Um, and the, so the don't, other don't question, take no for an answer. You, you may have mm-hmm. uh, missed. Uh, why did the heart meds for my dog cost 110 euro per month here in the UK? Only 30 euro per month. Yeah, you'll find variations in 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 um, medication prices across Europe, across the world, because companies tend to price according to the local market, and you know it reflects many different factors. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating if you're a pet owner for sure. Okay, and all it means is that people go north or whatever to get their uh, pet meds. They mightn't be as uh, you know, in, they mightn't be as concerned giving pet meds uh, to pets rather than human meds to humans sourced maybe even online. Anyway, Pete Wedderburn, Pete the vet, uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m on News Talk.